Welcome to Art Holes, everybody. My name is Michael Anthony, and this is the podcast about art and art history with someone who has absolutely no background in either topic. I don't want to take up too much of everybody's time in just the intro, and I've got a few clips lined up from future episodes after my general spiel. Prior to the show, I knew absolutely jack shit about art or art history. I could name the obvious paintings that even children could identify, like the Mona Lisa, but beyond that, I've been to a handful of museums in my entire life and probably had a conscious and subconscious aversion to understanding art and art history. It was a major intellectual blind spot. If it came up socially and at parties, I would stand there and nod and pray that nobody asked me my opinion. So now I'm going one artist at a time and reading thousands of pages to the detriment of my social life, if I'm really being honest, and I'm learning about art at an absolutely insane and inadvisable pace. And since a lot of these artists are, let's call it emotionally, psychologically, and intellectually interesting, and interact with history in sometimes next-level bizarre ways, hopefully everybody has some fun in addition to learning a bunch. And honestly, not to give away too much here, but if an artist has a boring story, I'm probably not going to cover them. For the first trial run series on Picasso's origin story, I'm joined by my buddy Mitch, and then I take over solo, and you get my full weirdness incorporating music, sound effects, movie and YouTube clips, and whatever my ADD runs across during the research, writing, and production process. So that's about it. I'll shut up for now and give you an idea of exactly what you're getting yourself into. I would say this is, before anything, primarily a biography podcast, and through the artists, we'll learn about the art. And the first few clips are from the later episodes in the Jackson Pollock series, and his life, that story goes places that I am still blown away by. And then the last clip is from the Caravaggio series, and his life is also quite a roller coaster ride, and it's filled with a colorful cast from history, including Mario Minitti, a bunch of weird cardinal nephews, some pimps, and a counter-reformation tennis match that goes poorly. So here you go, take a quick listen and see if this is something that might be for you. Who attacked him. And a few days later, there was a dinner party, arguably my favorite dinner party story of all time. Jackson got so drunk at dinner and he was so filled with rage that he went absolutely bugfuck and started throwing plates and furniture and he ripped down a cupboard filled with dishes. And then he started chasing Igor around the house and everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? And then Jackson chased Igor outside to the front yard, which an entire day's worth of northeast summer storm had turned into an enormous pit of mud. And there, in front of Lee and a bunch of their friends, Jackson and Igor finally faced off, man to man. This is where it would be decided, whatever it was. And then they lunged at each other. And one of the people who was there, Ward Bennett, said, quote, they started rolling in the mud. It was very bizarre. They weren't really fighting. They were sort of wrestling and sort of... And then one day when Roger Wilcox was reading his favorite magazine, Astounding Science Fiction, he came across an announcement for one of the magazine's recurring contributors who had an upcoming book that promised to, quote, reduce psychotherapy to a simple set of principles which were corollaries to engineering principles. And Wilcox, being an engineer, thought this was great. Quote, there was no mysticism, no bullshit, just a few straightforward principles that anyone could apply. That book was to be called Dianetics, and its author, of course, was none other than L. Ron Hubbard. That's right, what was originally claimed to be a science and medicine and turned into Scientology for allegedly 
allegedly the huge tax benefits and because another guy named Don Purcell held the copyright on the name Dianetics, Jackson Pollock was part of basically the first wave of Scientology. But still trying to be. The painting is called Self-Portrait as Bacchus. So this is Caravaggio as Bacchus, the Roman god of wine, fertility, winemaking, grape harvest, and religious ecstasy, which is like an altered state of mind brought on by expanded spiritual awareness. Or, collectively, and not 1590-speak, being red wine drunk, super turned on, and getting a little weird. The painting is also called Sick Bacchus, because Caravaggio depicted himself as Bacchus while he was recovering from the horse kick, so he looks absolutely awful, and he painted himself that way, flaws and all. The whole painting has a dingy feel to it. He looks sick and exhausted, but he's also giving you the shoulder. He's leaning into the viewer suggestively, holding on to his grapes, and he's also confidently trying to give you the Mario eyes, the how-you-doing eyes, and he's got these loose curls that look like he could just shake them at any moment. It looks like a cross between some creepy mouth breather, like a eh, eh, and... Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul Caravaggio used these two paintings as a way to sell himself, not just as a still-life painter, but someone who could paint intellectually and provocatively. Just knowing who Bacchus was and being able to paint your own interpretation of the wine and fertility god was a selling point. It meant that you were educated enough to be able to understand and interpret history. It was the promise that his paintings wouldn't just be superficial, that they'd be If that sounds at all good to you, come take this weird-ass journey with me, and I hope you have an absolute blast along the way.